the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. On the Monday edition of Study Verse by Verse with Pastor Leighton Sheely, he ended the program by sharing this observation. People then, like today, sometimes believe that if, if we can just run our lives by a set of rules and regulations, somehow or other, God can be pleased. Pastor Layton is taking us through the book of Colossians, and while Paul wrote to the believers there that there is nothing they can do to earn their salvation, there certainly is something they can do to be more effective as a believer. Each and every believer has been given at least one spiritual gift for the purpose of building up the church. Study Verse by Verse is an outreach ministry of Church of the Highlands in San Bruno on the web at highlands.us and Pastor Layton is currently taking the congregation through this study in Colossians. And he begins today on our broadcast with just a little bit of a history lesson on the church in that city. The city's not named in the book of Acts because Paul, as far as we know, never went there. It didn't start the church there. It was probably established during his three years in Ephesus, because in Acts 19 it says the people throughout that region heard the gospel. Evidently, Epaphras was converted by Paul's ministry in Ephesus and went back and perhaps was one of the founders of that church, which was composed largely of Gentiles. Now, what is it that motivated Paul to write this letter? Well, he was confronting a couple of problems in that church. Um, One of the problems that he was consulting was legalism, which is an effort to regulate Christian life with rules and regulations. And he addresses that in chapter 2, verse 21, where he says, Do not handle, do not touch, do not taste, which sounds an awful lot like some versions of Christianity today, does it not? And what he says is it might have an appearance of wisdom, but it really has no value at all. And then there was another issue that he was dealing with, and that was a false teaching that combined many things like Jewish legalism, Oriental philosophy, pagan astrology, mysticism, asceticism, and a little touch of Christianity thrown in so it sounded valid. It was something for everybody. The false teachers said that they weren't really denying the Christian faith, they were just helping it. They were augmenting it, that we could achieve spiritual fullness through special knowledge and rigorous self-discipline. Do we have these kind of heresies today? Yes, we do. And when we make Christ Jesus only a part of our philosophy of religion, it's not truly Christianity. It's just another man-made religion. You know, as though Paul was writing to us today. And there are many churches that spring up that claim to be Christ or have Christ in the name, but they deny the deity of Christ and the basic beliefs of Christianity, the basic doctrines of Christianity. It is so very, very important that we keep the worship of Christ Jesus as Lord 
central in our churches, that true Christianity is all about Christ. There's no other book in the New Testament that sets forth and defends the lordship of Christ so thoroughly as Colossians does. Colossians sets forth Christ as the supreme Lord. First two chapters present this. The latter two chapters apply this. Paul argues that Christ is the key to everything. Jesus is Lord is one of the earliest confessions of the church. In fact, it's the confession that got the early Christians in trouble with the Roman Empire. You see, the Roman Empire, like our culture today, was exceedingly pluralistic. In the Roman Empire, you could have any religion you wanted to have. You could believe anything you wanted to believe. As long as you would confess, Caesar is Lord. And you see, that's where the problem was for some Christians, because they knew that Caesar was just another man. And that Jesus was Lord. And they could not bring themselves in good conscience to declare Caesar is Lord. And as a result of that, they were looked upon as being traitors to the empire. And they were treated accordingly. Jesus is Lord is the earliest, one of the earliest confessions of the church, and it remains the abiding test of an authentic Christian. And we cannot compromise in this matter of Christ's deity. He is either Lord or he's not. Now, if that is an introduction, let's begin our study of Colossians, verse by verse. Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus, by the will of God, and Timothy, our brother, to the saints and faithful brothers in Christ at Colossae, grace to you and peace from God our Father. And so he begins his letter as the, many of the ancient letters began with the sender's name and the intended audience and a greeting. Only in this case, Paul Christianizes his greetings. And he says he's an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God. An apostle is not merely a messenger, but an official representative of the one who sent him. That means he's, he's endowed with an authority not only to make statements, but make decisions on behalf of the one who sent him. That means that whenever Paul said something or wrote something, it carried the authority of the one who sent him, Christ Jesus. And he was an apostle by the will of God. You know, there are three qualifications for being a true apostle of Christ Jesus, apostle of God. They are having seen the risen Lord, which the apostle Paul did on the road to Damascus, having been commissioned by Jesus for a specific task, The Apostle Paul was commissioned to be an apostle to the Gentiles. And having their ministry accompanied by miracles. And Paul's ministry was accompanied by many, many miracles. A true apostle is only such by the will of God. It is not a title that can be bestowed on an individual by an organization or a church or denomination or a seminary, or any earthly institution. And I have to confess, I have a personal problem with people who allow themselves or call themselves apostles. 
Because I think that is really presumptuous. If they were really apostles, they wouldn't have to tell me. The evidence would be manifest. A true apostle is such by the will of God. Now, in all likelihood, neither you or I has been called to be an apostle. But we, if you're a believer, you have been called by God to be something in the body of Christ. Each and every believer has been given at least one spiritual gift for the purpose of building up the church. And for the church to be built up, all believers need to be active in that spiritual gift. Oftentimes believers look at somebody else and say, I don't know what spiritual gift I've got, but I want that one. And the problem is if they don't have that spiritual gift, they're just manufacturing activity. Every believer needs to find out what their spiritual gift or gifts are and be active in the gifts that God has given them and the ministry that God has called them to. It says, And Timothy, our brother. Now, Timothy was not numbered among the apostles, but he was a very dear brother. He is not a co-author, but he is mentioned by Paul in a number of letters or epistles of the New Testament. He's also mentioned uh, in Hebrews as well. Uh, Timothy and Paul met in Acts chapter 16 at Lystra, and they worked together in such a fashion that uh, Paul referred to Timothy as my beloved son. And he writes to the saints and faithful brothers in Christ at Colossae. And this is, he's not addressing two different groups. Saints and, and faithful brothers are the same group. You see, they're saints because of what God has done for them in Christ. It's, they're saints because of, of their position in Christ. The word saints there is from the root word hagios, which means set apart for God. These are people who have been set apart for God. That's what makes them saints. But beyond being set apart by God as saints, they are also faithful brothers, which means that Christ is living in them, that their behavior is Christ-like, is godly behavior. Now, notice that Paul addresses his letter to saints. That means that the saints are living because dead people don't read. Saints not something we look forward to after we die. We're called to be saints now in Christ. The saints and faithful brothers, brothers underscores the fact that when we come to God through Christ, we become family. When we come to God through Christ, we are adopted by our heavenly father. And since we have One heavenly father, that makes us brothers and sisters in Christ. Grace to you and peace from God our Father. Now what he's doing here is he's combining um, both the Greek and the Hebrew greeting. The Greek greeting is charis or grace. It talks about unmerited favor and spiritual enablement. It's used in the New Testament over 150 times, mostly by Paul. And then he uses the word peace, which is the Greek word that the Septuagint translates the word shalom. And the word shalom is a 
um, greeting that means wholeness, that, that the person is greeting you with a wish for you that you be whole or complete. And he says that this is from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. So he underscores the source of grace and peace. Mm, There are whole ministries these days just built around those two thoughts, the grace and peace that we can receive from Jesus Christ. You're listening to Study Verse by Verse, a short visit every day, Monday through Friday, here on this station from Pastor Leighton Sheely, the senior pastor at Church of the Highlands in San Bruno. They're on the web at highlands.us. This ministry is on the web at studyversebyverse.com. We're listener-supported. You can give safely when you go to that website. Join with us as a partner. At least pray for us and share the fact with us that you do pray for this daily visit. Uh, Again, the website is studyversebyverse.com. I'm Mike Trout. We'll be back tomorrow with a continuation of this study in the book of Colossians. As I mentioned at the beginning, Pastor Layton is taking the congregation at Church of the Highlands through the book of Colossians right now. And you can find out more about when the service times are over the weekend on that website, highlands.us. Have a great rest of your day and be back tomorrow if you can when we'll open the Word of God once more and study verse by verse.